0: This message was recorded at Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our goal is to faithfully preach the Word of God for the salvation of sinners, the strengthening of believers, and the glory of God. Please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org and listen for more information at the conclusion of this message. I'm going to ask you to turn to Titus chapter 1 tonight, and we're going to look at... um, Mm-hmm. well i'm going I'm going we're going to look at a few scriptures <clears throat> primarily three um, Titus chapter one now we're still talking about uh, I mean this is part of our study in first Timothy uh, we're just kind of looking at parallel passages here um, still uh, talking about um, the uh, Functions in the local church and the operation of the local church. Um, what are what are uh, the the main two offices within the local church that we've been talking about? Deacons and elders. Deacons and elders. Amen. What's another name for elders? Bishops. Yeah. Overseer. Bishop and overseer are, are two translations of the same word, actually. But uh, uh, there's there's really three terms in Greek, and, uh, you know, one could be translated uh, uh, bishop or overseer. Then you've got uh, presbyteros, which is translated elder. That's uh, where the term uh, Presbyterian comes from. That's where the Presbyterian polity comes from, pretty much. Um, And then uh, shepherd or pastor. That's that's also one word: shepherd or pastor. Um, Pastor comes from the Latin, but but it translates the same word: shepherd or pastor. So you got bishop, you got deacon. uh, I'm sorry, bishop. You got uh, pastor, and then um, elder. All right. So I told you last week what we're going to try to do tonight was look at. how these two positions are filled, how they are appointed. So that's what I want to uh, zero in on here. First, the elders, and then and then the deacons, if uh, t- time permitting. Here, um, in fact, we uh, we're supposed to have a board meeting tonight, so I'll try to uh, uh, keep that in mind here. And <laughs> if you, if you gentlemen would plan on sticking around when we're done here. All right. Um, Titus 1:5 is what I'm, what I'm zeroing in on here. We, we have looked at qualifications for elders and deacons in 1 Timothy 3. This is a parallel passage. Paul here is speaking to another son in the faith, uh, Titus this time, instead of uh, uh, instead of Timothy. Timothy's at Ephesus. Titus is at Crete, and he is giving just just as he did with Timothy. He's giving Titus special instructions. For the churches, and I've I've looked at different things. I I don't want to go too deep into uh, um, some of these things. Uh, Let me me just mention that there, uh, Ephesians four eleven, which we're going to look at quite a bit too. Probably we already have, and probably we'll look at some more um, names. uh, Either depending on who you talk to, either four or five offices there: um, apostle, prophet. Uh, evangelist, pastor, teacher, or pastor slash teacher is the way I would understand it. Um, okay, the term evangelist there, now what what we think of is uh, just somebody like Brother Carl, right? It's like an itinerant evangelist that goes around uh, preaching the gospel uh, not, not in the position of a pastorate, but, but moving maybe from church to church or town to town, whatever the case is, and going in and, and uh, preaching the gospel. Well, it, 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 there is a view that Ephesians 4.11 is actually talking about another office, that of evangelists, and that Timothy and Titus held this position. But uh, some of those who hold that view say that that office was, is no longer. In other words, you had apostles, prophets, and evangelists, and those offices are, um, were for, and, and again, this is all debatable, what I'm telling you right now, <laughs> so, so you'll hear different views on this, but uh, those three offices, apostles, prophets, and evangelists, some would say, um, were for basically for the founding of the church, you know, for first century times, and they've all gone uh, uh, out of, you know, they've, they've had their, fulfilled their use. And uh, the office of pastor, or pastor/teacher, as it is uh, said in Ephesians 4:11, uh, is the remaining office for the local church um, as far as leadership. Well, like I say, we won't go too deep into all that because there's too many uh, different views on all that, um, and uh, that, that'll be for another time, I guess, another study. But I just said all that to say this, the pastor is mentioned there. Um, it's the same office that we're talking about here as elder. Uh, and so we had the qualifications in First Timothy three. Now we've got them here in Titus one. And let me just read verse five and then we we'll, we'll move along because we're not we're, I'm, my intention is here not to go back through the uh, uh, the qualifications, but just to see how pastors are chosen and how deacons are chosen. Well, here's Paul's instruction to Titus, verse 5. For this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking. Crete's a little island, uh, not very big, in the Mediterranean there. Um, I was working with a guy, just interesting to me, and you know, I'll share. I was working with a guy, a uh, uh, he, co-worker, he's no longer at the company now, but... Uh, he had on a shirt one day, and on, the, on, on his T-shirt, in Greek, it said, Crete. And uh, I asked him, uh, where did you get that shirt? And he said, Crete. <laughs> Imagine that. But uh, he, he, he had served on a uh, nuclear submarine in the Navy, so he had actually been to Crete, which I thought was fascinating. <clears throat> and uh, been there, done that, and got the T-shirt. So... To prove it, so this is the island that that, uh, that Titus is at. Paul says, "I let you in Crete that you should set in order the things that are lacking, and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. Set in order the things that are lacking." In one phrase, there he gives us two ideas because the the word the word for set in order. Um, is the idea of correcting? It's like straightening a bone that's been broke or something. So in fact, it was used that way as a, as a medical term. So, so he's it's like he it's like Paul is saying, uh, "I left you there so that you should correct some things." But then he also says things that are lacking. So it's like there he's the rest of that phrase. It's like he's talking about things that just he himself was not able to complete. So probably both are true. Um, I've let you increase so that you might correct what needs to be corrected and finish up the work that I started. And here's the first task that he uh, gives Titus to do. Appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. He tells Titus, you appoint elders in every city. So they, we see here, uh, are appointed or they're set, set in place uh, is the idea behind, behind the word here. Uh, now, let me say this up front, too, so you will kind of know where I'm going. So you won't, won't be kind of guessing all the way along. When it, when it comes to uh, choosing elders and deacons, uh, my understanding is, and I'll to try to show you this from the scripture is, is, and again, there's a lot of debate over this, but, uh, we'll see as we go, uh, maybe some reasons why, but my understanding is this, that it is a, a, a cooperative effort of the elders and the congregation. All right. You have, uh, for example, I grew up in the, in the United Methodist church and, uh, the United Methodist Church is an Episcopal form of government because it comes out of the Church of England, uh, that, which in America is called the Episcopal Church. So they have an Episcopal form of government, which means basically that bishops rule. Now, when they say bishop, they don't mean the same thing that I've been telling you. They don't see bishops and pastors as the same thing. They see bishop as over pastors. You've got a pastor over the local church, and then you've got a bishop over the pastors in a given area. So the bishops decide who uh, the pastor is going to be for each individual church. And they would point you to passages like this and say, see, uh, Titus appointed the pastors. In Acts 14.23, we're going to go to in a moment, we're going to see that Paul did the same thing uh, himself. The apostles appointed pastors. Uh, But I don't think um, what we see here are uh, the words that are used for example, the word here "appoint" um, rules out the involvement of the congregation. And, and, and my understanding again is that it that it would be a, a uh, cooperative effort. You know, if, you, if you have elders in place, um, then it would be through their leadership, along with the consent of the congregation, uh, that. Uh, the pastor would be chosen. Or, I would say the same thing about the deacons, and I'll show you that when we get there, but it would be through the leadership of the elders and the consent of the congregation. In other words, the congregation would, would, would uh, vote and say yay or nay. Um, we used to have an Episcopal seminary uh, where I work, and that's a long story, but at any rate, I was talking with one of the... Uh, uh, the students one time, and that's basically uh, even how they operate, because I was asking, asking him about this, you know, because I, I understand a little bit about the power of the bishop in their, in their uh, structure, in their economy. Uh, it's much like the Roman Catholic Church, so the, the bishop has a lot of power, so I was asking him, you know, so the bishop just puts a pastor here or there, and he said, well, technically, yes, he's got the power to do that, but... It would be foolish to do it without the consent of the church because you wouldn't want to put a guy in place that everybody hated and uh, and just, you know, say, okay, here, y'all uh, kill each other or whatever. But uh, so so they, they technically the bishops had that authority, but they worked it out where um, pretty much they had the consent of the church, even though they did not, uh, as Baptists do, take a vote. Uh they sort of did. It just wasn't <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't an official vote. <clears throat> so my understanding is that for for elders and for deacons, um, it's, it's a cooperative effort between the elders and the congregation. Right. So uh, I, I I never well. I, I, I think essentially, and I'll sh- again, I'll show you this as we go, but I think essentially uh, there is voting. But I never like to uh, refer to the church as a democracy. I think that's misleading. Uh, even our country is not a democracy, is not a pure democracy. The uh, United States of America is a representative republic. It's not a pure democracy. Um, a lot of people get confused about that. Uh majority doesn't necessarily rule. We, in fact, we have laws in place to keep that from happening. Um, although, you know, we, we just saw with this vote in California that uh, we have judges also that don't respect the law. But at any rate, um, so there's voting, voting for our elders, voting for our deacons, and I, again, I'll try to show you that as we go. But I think that's built in the word here. Uh, Paul says to Titus, set in order. The things that are lacking and appoint, choose, or set in place, elders, in every city as I commanded you. Now, he's definitely telling Titus to do it, but I, but I think that that does not mean that the congregation had no hand in it. Just meaning that, that Titus is uh, superintending it. He's overseeing it. And, uh, you know, we don't know exactly how that worked out. He may He may have brought men... Uh, well, probably didn't bring men, probably had men from within the congregation, but he may have pointed out men and said, I recommend this man. Um, who knows? He may have asked the congregation, and they may have pointed out, and then they, they, they uh, discussed it. We don't, we don't know the details of it. But at any rate, they're chosen. They're chosen, I think, again, uh, by the elders and the congregation. Uh, and before I leave off this verse, let me just say that uh, we, we've looked several times at 1 Timothy 3.15 where Paul says, I write these things so that you may know how to conduct yourself uh, in the house of God. That's what's behind all this, so that, we, so that we do things according to God's way and will, and so that we have order, structure um, in place in the church. That's also seen here. That's what he's telling Titus. I'm... I left you there so that you set in order the things that are lacking. And remember, uh, these churches are relatively new, probably. So uh, I don't, I don't. You know, he's not saying that Crete is in chaos or anything, but he just some things haven't been done. Paul didn't himself get to do. Turn with me over to Acts fourteen twenty three. If you uh, let me say this tonight, because we're going to run out of time quick. If, if you got a question or something or comment, uh, stop me. Raise your hand or something to stop me, because I, I won't think to uh, I won't, won't have time afterwards, and I would rather stop and address it than than neglect it. Okay, um, Acts fourteen. Here Paul is in Antioch, uh, verse 22, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, We must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. We talked a little bit about that Sunday, didn't we? Um, and, and, by, and this is right after Paul was stoned and left for dead. So he, he, he knows about tribulation here. Verse 23. So when they had appointed elders, okay, that's Paul and Barnabas, the apostles, when they had appointed elders in every church, and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Um, the Greek word here for appointed is is a different word than one, the one we saw in Titus, uh, and it actually. Uh, has the word for hand in the word. And and the idea of the word is choosing by stretching forth the hand. So it it implies voting. And and the word was used in that sense for uh, like public meetings, political meetings. I I mean in the the secular Greek world, not, not just in the church. So uh, it's the idea of choosing by stretching forth the hand. It implies voting. Now, it's possible, I suppose, it, it says that Paul and Barnabas, the others, appointed, uh, appointed elders in the churches. It's possible, I suppose, that the only ones voting were the elders, were the apostles. But, um, again, I think that's... Unlikely, and I think probably what is taking place here is is what I suggested with uh, Titus one five as well, that you've got Paul appointing um, elders, pastors, in a cooperative effort with the church. In other words, the the apostles and the church voting, uh, if you if you please on. Uh, on the on the uh, elder, choosing by stretching forth the hand okay. Um. So anyway, it's the idea of electing, okay, electing elders. All right, and since we are short on time, let's go to the deacons. Um, Acts chapter six again. Looked at that a little bit last week. chapter 6, verse 1, and this time, like I say, we're dealing with uh, the choosing of deacons rather than elders. Uh, I explained uh, last week that I, I think what we see here in Acts chapter 6 is, is the beginning of what we now know as the office of deacon that, that uh, Paul mentions in Timothy, 1 Timothy 3. I think it has its roots here, and, and that's why I'm taking you back to it again. Acts chapter 6, verse 1. Now, in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. They're distributing food, taking care of the widows, and, and the, uh, the Hellenists, the Greek-speaking widows, are being uh, uh, neglected. Verse 2. Then the twelve... That's the apostles. The twelve apostles summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. So here the the twelve apostles summoned uh, the multitude of the disciples. That is the church. All the believers. The apostles summoned the believers. Um, Again, it's kind of difficult to say how that exactly played out. You have several thousand people here at this point. Church at Jerusalem is a large church at this point. <laughs> it grew fast after the day of Pentecost. But anyway, that's what it says. Verse 2 Then they summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God to deek, the word deacon, to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, listen to, to their instruction here to the people. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you. Seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Now, notice, they, even though they just told the congregation to choose seven men, they said choose them so that we may appoint them. Now, again, I think that's what's going on uh, in, uh, in Titus 1 and Acts 14 that we just looked at. Uh, I, I, I think that you've you got the same situation there. When it talks about Paul and Barnabas appointing elders, or, or Titus and Crete appointing elders, um, I think uh, probably the situation is similar to here. They are appointing them in a, in a uh, joint effort with the people. So, the apostles tell the people, seek out, you choose, choose out from among yourselves, seven men of good reputation full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. That is that is the business of serving tables, serving food, meeting the needs of the poor widows. But we, verse four, that is the apostles, the elders in this case, but we, verse four, will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the Deaconing, the deking, however you want to transliterate that, that's the same word deacon again. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. So they're saying, you choose out seven men to serve tables. We're going to serve the word. Verse five, and the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose, and then it, and then it lists the the first. Uh, what's commonly referred to as the first seven deacons, right? So um, the apostles instructed the congregation, you choose them, so that we may appoint them. So there's a joint effort. The saying, pleased the whole people, and they chose the seven men listed here in, verses, uh, in verse 5. And then look at verse 6. Whom they, that is the people, the congregation, whom the congregation set before the apostles... And when they had prayed, they laid, they laid hands on them. That is, presumably, the, uh, the apostles laid hands on them. Uh, then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. Now, uh, let me say this real quick and we're done. Uh, I've, been, I've been trying to uh, remember to help us tie this in again with uh, what, what Paul says in 1 Timothy 3.15. I write these things so that you may know how to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church, of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Church is business to hold forth the truth. We try to tie it into there. We try to tie it into Ephesians 4.11 where Paul says, God gave gifts to men, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the building up of the church, for the work of the ministry, Till we all come to the fullness of the measure of Christ and so forth. So it's for the purpose of the building up of the body so that the church may mature. And then notice here, even with deacons, the apostle said, Look, we, we're going to focus on prayer and the preaching of the word. You choose out men to serve tables. And they did that, and they laid hands on them and prayed for them. them. This is, you know, the idea of ordination. They they ordained them, in other words. It just simply means they they chose them and made it official. And then what happened? Verse 7, Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. In other words... All the way through the book of Acts is happening. They're, they're doing God's will, God's way. And God is blessing. is blessing. It's just interesting. A little thing like appointing, appointing deacons he would be followed up by saying, Then the word of God spread. Why? Because people are functioning. The church is functioning like God designed it to function. You've got different people doing the different things that they're called to do, instead of one group of people trying to you know trying to do everything, or everybody trying to do everything, uh, you know, both situations are probably equally bad. But it's like a body, right? And Paul says, body of Christ is like your physical body. You, you've got hands that do certain things, you have got ears that do certain things, you have got eyes that do certain things. Every member has its own function. And when everything is functioning correctly, uh, then the body prospers. I know uh, a little bit of empathy with Ronnie here, because for some reason my arm has been hurting me all day. And, uh, you know, when something doesn't function properly, uh, the rest of the body knows it. (laughs) And, uh, you know... You're tempted to whine a little bit so everybody else knows it better. <laughs> but when everything's functioning, then the then the whole body's functioning and doing its job, right? So that's that's why these things are important. But uh, how how are these functions or offices, if you want to use that term, filled? Well they're chosen. A the joint effort between the leadership, the church leadership, and the congregation as a whole, choose out from among you uh, men who meet these qualifications, which we've already already discussed. All right, we'll probably have to stop there. Um, any questions? Anybody? comments?. We said we'll Pastor, yeah, the noun form, and and I mean referring to uh, the position of pastor in the local church. It's used once, Ephesians four eleven. Now that word is used a lot of times in the New Testament, but it's but it's the word shepherd. So usually it's referring to a literal shepherd, like uh, you know, like the shepherds in the field when when Jesus was born. Or, Jesus, John 10, I'm the good shepherd, it's the same word. So, usually it's either referring to a literal shepherd or to Jesus. Um, But as far as uh, uh, the position in in the the office in the local church, um, it's used one time. It's Ephesians 4.11. Now, the verb is used, I showed you a few places where the verb is used. Like Acts 20.28, where Paul says to the elders shepherd the flock of god that you know the holy spirit has made you overseers over that's that's the same word but it's the verb form he's telling them you shepherd the flock of the ministry. Um, I might have to double check that real quick. Yeah, there are there. There is a the word that we get our word liturgy from is used a lot of times and it's translated ministry. But uh, I'm not sure which one that is. Let me look real quick and I'll tell you. Verse twelve, uh no. N- no. I mean it might be the word deacon, but it it's uh, hang on just a second, I tell you, but he's not talking there about the office of deacon. No, no, I mean he's talking about those leaders for the work they do for the work of the ministry, and not just that the same thing or document you're talking about had something to do with council portion or kind of language or something. Yeah, no, we've run into that for example in Hebrews. Um let me see and I'll tell you real quick. That's that's Ephesians four twelve. Diaconite, yes, that's it's the word deacon. The work of service into of the body. Of the body of Christ. For the for the edifying of the body of Christ, yeah. Yeah, it's the word deacon. It's the words. Word deacon service. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, that's the word deacon, uh, for the edifying of the body of Christ, That for the building of the body of Christ. The, the, the thing that's always interested me there is that's, that's almost identical to the language... Uh, used in describing when the tabernacle was built, and it talks about God, uh, uh, I don't have the reference in front of me or I'd give it to you, but God equipping the different ones to come in and do the, the artwork and, and the, so forth in the tabernacle, and it uses that same kind of language. They were gifted for the work of service in the, in the tabernacle. So, so they, they when they built the, the original tabernacle, God gifted men to do certain things to build the tabernacle and eventually the temple. And Paul, no coincidence. Paul uses that same language here he says gifts were given to the church. Uh, a pa- pa- he uh, identifies them as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors or pastor slash teacher. and he says, they're given to the church for the building up of the saints. We're not we're not building a tent this time or or a temple, but we're building the people of God. so, these gifts are given to the church for the building up of the saints for the work of service, for, or you could say for deaconing. So here's a sense in which, again, it's not talking about the office of deacon, it's just talking about serving. But in this sense, every single Christian is called to deacon, <laughs> to serve. The... the uh, Ministry gifts are given to equip Christians to serve. So everybody's called to service, to some type of service. All right, anything else? All right, let's have a word of prayer and we'll dismiss. Father, again, we thank you for your word. Uh, As always, continue to look to you and pray that you uh, uh, grant us understanding. Lord, uh, guide us and direct us to do your will in all things, we pray, for your glory. In Christ's name, Amen. amen. This sermon is made available through the ministry of Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our desire is to faithfully proclaim the message of salvation, which God has provided in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. For more resources and information, please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org. You may use the links there to contact us or write us at Fillmore Baptist Church, 6304 Highway 80, Princeton, Louisiana, 71067.